Thank you, guys. Um, the other thing this morning, um, parents, and especially if you're visiting, this is kind of a unique morning for you. We got our kids in here. You'll notice that we usually try to keep our kids in the service on the first Sunday of each month. Uh, we do that intentionally. Uh, one of it is um, it's, it's great for them to separate and go and learn things on their level uh, in, in, in the kids' area, but I also I, I want our kids to be a part of our service uh, at times so they can also see what it looks like as their parents, their grandparents get together and worship uh, as they sing songs together, uh, and today as we do communion, uh, I want them to be able to see that because they're going to learn primarily from you, and I know that, that, that puts a lot of pressure on us, but that's, that's where kids get their concept and their understanding of God. It's from their parents. That's who has the most influence on kids is parents. And so that may, that may scare you to no end. That may throw you to no end. I don't know. But we want to have them in here because it's an opportunity for them to be a part of the corporate worship. And so we have them in here. Uh, what I'll say to you parents is if you haven't already, it looks like we've got some, some clipboards. Yep, we've got several clipboards back here on either side of the sound booth. If you haven't grabbed one for your kids, please go ahead and grab one of those at any point if you feel like you need those. We don't expect absolute silence, absolute stillness. Please don't feel like you need to pinch your kid under the chair if they're not, they're, they're wiggling a little bit. But if at any point you feel like they're out of control, whatever that is for you, or if you feel like they're distracting people and, and, and you're, you're aware of that, you, you can take them out to the, uh, the, the fellowship area. There's TVs on. You'll be able to hear, hear everything that's going on, see everything that's going on, and, and that gives them a little bit more room uh, to uh, wiggle around if need be. Um, so what we're going to do this morning is communion, and I want to, before I explain kind of how we're going to do that, let me first talk about communion. Um, we have sort of gotten on an every three-month pattern right now, whereas before we were doing an every month, that's been intentional. That's not, oops, we forgot. That's been intentional because uh, what happens for us, it's just in our nature, uh, things that we do regularly, once we fall into a pattern, we tend to just become rote. We just do it by muscle memory or we fail to think about it. Oh, it's just what we do on the first Sunday. And uh, that's, that's a crying shame if that's what we're doing on communion. If we're just going, putting a cracker in our mouth and then washing it down with some grape juice because it's stuck in our teeth, you know? Um, so what we've done uh, for the last several uh, months is we've kind of put it on a once a quarter, once every month, and when we do that, we give the whole service to that. And the goal in that is to uplift communion uh, back to a spot in, in you all's mind, in our mind, to where it needs to be. It's very prominent. Um, it, it's something that shouldn't be taken for granted, shouldn't be just done haphazardly. And uh, so we're, we're going to do that today. Let me read something to you, and then I'll give some directions. But I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians 11 this morning. If you want to follow along, you're welcome to, to uh, turn to 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, if you want to follow along in the Bible on the, underneath the chair there, you can grab that. Um, 1 Corinthians 11 will be in your New Testament toward the back. You're going to pass your four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, pass those. The next book would be Acts, past that, past Romans, and then you'll, you'll find it. So kind of go toward the back, and you'll find 1 Corinthians 11. And this is Paul writing to a church who um, he was having to address. Now, kids, if you're in here, kids, raise your hand. All the kids, all the kids. All right, here's what I want you to do, and your parents can quiz you on the way home if they would like. I want you to turn your ears on. Okay, let me see them turn them on. Click. Everybody click your ears on? Click. Okay, all right. Turn them on. Don't turn them off. Turn them on. Click them on. I want you to tune in and listen to me, and I want you to listen for the word remember. Okay? What word are you going to listen for? Remember. Remember. Okay. Now, here's what I want you. When you hear that word remember, I want you to listen to what are you supposed to remember? Okay? 
So when you hear me say the word remember, I want you to really start listening close at that point because you want to you figure out, what am I supposed to remember? Okay, now parents, when you go home on the way home, ask them, all right, what are you supposed to remember? What is communion helping us to remember? Got it? All right, kids, what word are you listening for? Great. All right. Your ears are turned on at least right now. All right. 1 Corinthians 11, and I'm going to read uh, verse 23, and we'll start there. Paul says this to the church. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this every time you drink it in remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let me stop there for a second. What we do when we take communion is we remember the gospel. We remember God's love for us demonstrated in sending Jesus to die for us. That's what we remember. We're remembering Jesus' death on the cross for sinners. And so Jesus, uh, at the end of his life, there was a meal that the Jewish people would often celebrate called Passover. And that, that meal, Passover, was one they would, they would celebrate, and they would eat it, and they would remember how years ago God had passed over the children of Israel when he was sending the ten plagues on Egypt. And so all throughout Israel's history, they've been eating this Passover meal to remember God's deliverance of them, how he, he spared them from death and then delivered them from Egypt. And so now Jesus eats that meal with his, his closest followers, and he says, now this meal is going to take on new significance for you. Because as often as you eat this meal, you do it and you remember me. And so he took the bread that they would eat at Passover, and he broke it, and he says, this bread, it's not just bread. When you eat this bread... Remember my body that's going to be broken for you, his death. And then he took the cup of wine, and when he, when he passed the wine, he says, this wine, it, it's going to represent the blood, my blood, that's spilled for you, and it's the blood that, that kicks off the new covenant. It's the blood of the new covenant, the one that brings forgiveness of sins. And so when we eat the communion and we celebrate together, this is something that Jesus has passed on to the church, those who have placed their trust in Jesus uh, for forgiveness of sins, to do and remember. Now, when we remember, it's not remembering because we forgot, right? I mean, the Bible talks about remembering a lot. It talks about God remembering his people, but God doesn't have to remember because he forgot. Remembering, as the Bible often talks about it, is calling something to mind intentionally so that you can reflect on it, so that you can uh, consider it and then live in light of it, not because you forgot. And so this morning, when we come up and we take communion, we're remembering something, not because we forgot that Jesus Christ died for us, but we're going to intentionally call it back to mind and spend time thinking upon it and then ask the questions, what does this mean for me? as someone who's placed my trust in Christ. Or if you're not someone who's placed your trust in Christ this morning, uh, the questions you should be asking is, what does this mean for people who have? Why do they do this? Why do they, they take time to eat this bread and drink this cup and do something to remember? Because remembering is not just something we, we we're not, it's not foreign to us. We do it in all areas of our life, but even more so here as we gather. Uh, let me read on a few more verses in, in 1 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 27. 
Paul says, for this reason then, because he just said, well, every time you do this, every time you take communion, you are proclaiming Christ's death until he comes, his return. In verse 27, he says, for this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. A person should examine himself first, and in this way, let him eat the bread and drink of the cup. For the one who eats and drinks without careful regard for the body eats and drinks judgment against himself. So, so here's what, what that's all about. It's easy for us to come up and just go through a ritual. That's not what we're doing. That's not what we want you to do. Uh, that's, in fact, why if uh, you're a parent of kids and you have kids who have not yet placed their trust in Christ, that's why I'm going to encourage you not to allow them to take communion. Bring them up with you. Let them see what you're doing, but don't allow them to take communion because you don't want to encourage them just going through the motions of something they've not believed yet, that they've not trusted yet. Teach them. Use this as an opportunity to teach them why they can't do it yet and when they can. Um, Those of you who uh, have placed your trust in Christ, um, the tendency to go through the ritual might be there for you. And so when we just read that, it says you should examine yourself. Um, one of the things we need to do as people who've tra- placed our trust in Christ is we need to ask the Spirit to search our hearts. Like the, the psalmist David did in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my innermost being. Know my heart and, and ask Him to reveal those things in us uh, that are not in line with Him. And, and I want to encourage you to take that time this morning to do that before you come up. Uh, if there's anger that you're harboring, there's guilt that you're holding on to, if there's bitterness that you're holding on to, if, if you've treated someone poorly in the last day or so and you've not sought forgiveness for that, um, whatever the case may be, uh, you want to ask the Lord, reveal that so that you can then confess that to him. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so you want to do that, not so that you're made perfect, but that's so that when you come to the table, you're not doing so with a heart that's been calloused. You're not doing so while suppressing sin, all the while coming and celebrating a Savior who's risen and forgiven your sin. So uh, take that time this morning. For some of you, you may decide as you spend that time that you want to pass, and that is perfectly acceptable. It is much better for you to pass this morning and not come up and take communion if you're not uh, in a place where you can, if you uh, feel like, you know what, I need to go and I, I really need to talk to that person before. Pass this morning. It's, you're not missing out on any salvation up here. You know, taking communion is not giving you any kind of salvation. God's not going to extend any kind of extra favor upon you if you take communion this morning. Uh, that is all fully bestowed upon us in Christ. So it would be much better for you to be aware of your heart. And if you need to pass, pass. And if you're, you, you've got someone next to you who decides to pass, don't judge them because then you need to pass, right? You get it? Okay, all right. So um, this, is, this is something we do to remember the gospel. Um, I want to say this to you. If, uh, if you are visiting or you're from another church, uh, we practice what's called open communion, which means this. It doesn't matter if you call Heaston home or if you attend other churches. You are welcome to come and take uh, of communion if you have placed your trust in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That is the one requirement that the scripture puts on us that we have placed our trust in Christ Um, because think about what you're doing when you come up here. You're remembering Christ's death on your behalf for the forgiveness of your sins. There's no point in going through the motions of something you've not believed. And so if that's you this morning, uh, I I got one of two things for you to consider. The first thing is uh, today you can believe. Right? The gospel, that the, the love that, that God has demonstrated to us by giving Jesus 
his son, to die for us so that anyone who places their trust in him for the forgiveness of sins, that's available to every person. That's available to all who are sinners. All right, raise your hand if you're a sinner in here, if you've ever sinned in your life. Okay, thank you. Everybody's hands should be up. See, so that means it's available for everyone. God sent Christ to die for sinners. There's nobody that's beyond that grace. There's nobody that's beyond that reach. And so I want to encourage you this morning to consider that. And if today is the day that that you feel the Lord working on your heart and you want to believe, that's all you've got to do. Trust, believe. Just like sitting in that chair. When you sat in that chair, you you, you placed your trust, your faith in that chair to hold you up and to operate like a chair. When we place our trust in Jesus, we are, play, or we, are, we are trusting him to do what God says he can do, which is he died in our place after living a righteous life so that we can be forgiven of our sins. Okay? Uh, on that bulletin you received, there's a great uh, prayer. If you want to look through that uh, and, and silently pray that prayer, you're welcome to do that. The prayer does not save you. The prayer is a way of expressing faith, something that's, that, that, that starts inward. Okay, so uh, that's a great, great way to do that. If you do that this morning, then we invite you, please come up. If that's not you this morning, if you're not ready, I invite you, please just sit back and, and evaluate. Consider what's taking place, what you're hearing, what you're seeing. And uh, that's, that's all we have for you there. Here's how we're going to do this this morning. In just a moment, I'm going to pray, uh, and there's going to be a video after I pray. Once that video starts, you're welcome to just come. We don't have anyone that's going to be serving you this morning. Um, you're welcome to come up at any point throughout the service that you'd like. Uh, come up as a family. Come up as individuals. If you're here with a friend, come up with them if you want to. Come up by yourself if you want to. Or, hey, if you see someone here by themselves and you want to invite them, invite them. And if that's you, you're by yourself and you feel like, you know what, that's okay. I, I would be okay going up by myself. Feel free to say thank you, but I'm, I'm okay and come up. And however you want to do it. You get my drift? However you want to come up, come up. And uh, take it. We've got the bread and we've got the, uh, the cup. There's a basket up here. When you drink your juice, just throw it in the basket afterwards. I've got four stations set up. The three up here that you see, and there's one in this back corner back there. Okay? So come to any station that you want at any point throughout the service. Um, here's how you kind of know when the service is winding down, because this is all we're doing at this point. I'm going to get down here in just a moment. I promised, what, 25, 30, 45 minutes? No, okay. I'm already, I'm already past what I said I would go. Um, after the sermon, I mean, I'm sorry, after the, the video, the team's going to come up. They're going to play some songs. We are going to have the offering this morning. There's your kind of your key, your timeline. When you see the offering coming, you know you've got one more song before we wrap up our service, okay? So take the time that you need. Come up whenever you're ready. Know that when the offering comes, there's one more song, and then we're going to wrap up the service. Sound good? All right, let me pray for us. Well, Father, we thank you for the opportunity this morning to remember, to remember the gospel, to remember Jesus' death for sinners so that we might be forgiven of our sins. Thank you, God, for sending Christ because of your great love to die in our place, to do what we could not do. He did it for us, to obey when we could not. And so, God, this morning as, as we prepare our hearts, would you let your spirit search us this morning? Show us those things in us that we need to become aware of, the sin that festers within our hearts. And God, would you you gently raise that to us and in that moment allow each of us to confess that to you, finding you then faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. Father, there may be some this morning here who have not yet placed their trust in Christ, but maybe you're working on their heart and you've been doing that. And so maybe that's them this morning. They, They, for the first time, have understood God has loved them enough to die for them. God has sent his son, Jesus, to live and obey when they could not. 
and to die in their place so they would not have to experience eternal judgment. So God, if there's anyone here that's in that boat this morning, would you draw them to you? Open their eyes this morning and help them to believe this morning. God, I pray that as we come up that we would not take this lightly, that you would allow us to remember and to reflect and to ask those questions. What does it mean for me that Christ died for me and I'm forgiven? How should I live in light of that? Bless our time, Spirit. We pray that you would take control in Christ's name. Amen.